Greetings, listener. You are currently listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy and Andrew. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your choices. <laughs> I think they're pretty. I think they're pretty uh, standard. I, I, I think I've got a I've got a surprise in the top. I got a surprise or two in the top, and then uh, at least one surprise in the bottom. Yeah, I got a couple surprises too. But anyway, oh, recording, recording. has started. Hey, <laughs> this is our show. This is what we yes. do. <laughs> I got a ladder. <laughs> Nothing but the highest quality. Yeah, I still say you should start an OnlyFans for that ladder. To expect the link to show up on our Twitter page, um, the my OnlyFans ladder, uh, Cult Cinema Catacombs live. Uh, <laughs> live. I'm gonna make it a live stream where you can just watch the ladder at all times. It's gonna be great. People will probably pay money for that too. That's the sad part. <laughs> Yeah, screw doing Patreon every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, you know, screw doing a Patreon. Just set up an OnlyFans where it's just a you know ladder. A ladder, and then uh, every once in a while, put something else like on the ladder. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'll definitely like uh, Sterling K-, K Brown it with um with a, a nice silk kimono every once in a while. <laughs> Still the best it's... thing that this is just the, the most shocking thing that it, if you haven't watched. Uh, the uh, Bash Brothers musical experimental whatever it was that Lonely Island did on Netflix. The best thing in the entire world, I think it might have been one of the best things to ever happen in that entire year, was Sterling K. Brown lip syncing a song by Sia called yeah. Silk Robes and Kimonos. It yeah. was, it, this is Sterling. This is the Sterling K. Brown, who's now <laughs> a, a very sexualized. Uh, a dishwasher detergent commercial, which I absolutely love too. Good yeah, for you, Bash- Sterling K. Brown. Really lean into the weird. Yeah, that Batch Brothers special was awesome. Speaking of leaning into the weird. So for those, uh, God, we really like just plowed through special here. episodes, but we yeah. do. <laughs> so we haven't even done the formal like intro or anything here. So welcome to a. Welcome yeah. to a different episode of uh, Cults and Catacombs because we're not actually watching a movie and discussing it. Um, we've been around now for three years. We can't believe this show's been around now for three years. And so we decided to do something that we haven't done since we watched our first 20 movies. We've decided to look back at the extensive list of everything we've put ourselves through on this show. <laughs> And rank our top five best and top five worst experiences uh, cinematically. Yeah. And what's really funny is, like, some of these movies we set out just to torture ourselves with, we've actually really enjoyed. Yeah. Like, like they've become, like, favorite movies. Uh, and, and that's always fun. And and the fact that, you know, we've we've been able to broaden you know this movie this whole show started under the concept that i hadn't seen i was really familiar with the kind of cookie cutter top level cult movies that everybody talks about and then um 
and but I hadn't seen a lot of kind of the deep cut stuff. And I was talking to Roy about it. We, we should do a show about it. So it started with just an education for me in cult movies. And I think it became something for both of us where we're now finding things that either we thought we forgot we enjoyed as much as we do or we didn't know existed. And we and we wa- started watching them and we really enjoyed them. Also, just hate watching things. I've got a new appreciation <laughs> for truly hate watching things. Like I find joy in it now where it used to be like a chore. Now I find joy and just hate watching anything. So it's a skill that I've developed for this show. Well, it's one of the reasons why we've, you know, given the subtitle to the show, these films exist because it really is that case with some of these films. I mean, I mean, we do some films that probably like we have, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but our September film is going to be one of the, the biggest cult films of all time. Uh, you know, once in a while we'll do a name and then other times we'll just pull something just so random that we're like, Oh, I don't know about this. And it just turns out to be like possibly one of our top five films. Yeah. Uh, I can look at my top five and say of those type of movies, you know, that, that kind of were unexpected. Three of the five of mine I'll put into that category. Mm-hmm. And only, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say two of the two of the bottom. But so there's more at the top that I really enjoyed that we were just like pulling it out, pulling it out of a hat. You know, mm-hmm. one of them in particular that we backed into and had no idea that we were going to see this thing. We had no intention. We didn't even know it existed. And now we, now we can't stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it just can't stop talking about it. The one stipulation that uh, we decided on when it comes to doing this list was that we were going to purposely leave one movie out and it was going to be in our list for our top five worst because we've talked ad nauseum on this show about how horrible it is. Um, and that is Dot and the Kangaroo. Yeah, that's an understood like that is the worst movie we've watched. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. And there's no reason to even put it into a list of worst movies because it is it has been bronzed. It is it has a it has a statue outside of our headquarters. There's a statue of there's a statue of uh, Ace Freely sitting in a lifeguard chair. And on the other side, there's a statue of the uh, the monster from Dot and the Kangaroo. The Bunyip. Yeah, the Bunyip. (laughs) Yeah, the statue is of the bunyip and Dot eating the the root of oh, knowledge. Oh, root of knowledge, sure, <laughs> sure. The goddamn, yep, absolutely, it is. I'm more intrigued by the Ace Freely sitting in the lifeguard's chair talking about the uh, the cough that comes up. And then, and then the plaque on the statue says he's just sweating. He just sweat. He just sweat. <laughs> the best line there are two lines both of them are in my top the top movies there are two lines that have lived on with me from this show since the beginning of this show and one of them is just sweaty That's one thing. <laughs> do you want to wager a guess as to what the other one is oh god there could be so many i mean well there's so many things that would have come up from the show like like chuki is now in my <laughs> shuki is now in my you know daily vernacular yes I, I'm glad I did a good job there. And so is Ropey. Ropey. So, <laughs> I'll, I, unfortunately, I will say this up front. Uh, Kendra did not make the list for me on either direction, but it is honorable mention for the heavy use of the word Ropey in our uh, conversation about it. <laughs> 
Oh, man. So let's go ahead and let's do our, our top five favorites first. Let's say let's save the venom for last. Um, so um, I've been dying to hear your your top. So let's start with number five. You you go first. What is your fifth okay. favorite experience we've had on this show? And this should tell you how great of an experience I'm having if this one is my number five. OK, because, again, this is a movie I can't stop talking about. And now it's found new popularity with Joe Bob and the drive-in theater, and that is Evil Speak. That is my mm. number five, mainly because of that scene in the hallway with the guy and the fire and the hell pigs busting in. That is, this movie is ever, there's so many great things about this movie. The effects are outrageous. Uh, Clint Howard is, again, we've talked about it before, just a, just a gem of an actor that is, we cannot get his credit and not get his due, and he should. Mm. Uh, so I evil speaks my number five. Evil speak almost made my list. I, okay. I yeah, it would have been number six because there was one film. I mean, it was hard for I will admit it was hard for me to do my my top five, except for my number one choice, um, which I think will po- probably shock you, Mr. Farmer, when you oh, hear my number one right. choice. Uh, but yeah. Evil Speak for me would have been number six because it got dethroned by Can't Stop the Music at number really? five. Yes. All right. Um, not only because of the balls this film has to even exist, <laughs> um, but the budget that was spent on this film and the the, the fact that this film you know gave us the milkshake and also is the reason the golden raspberry awards exist. Yeah. So I, I think that, I think that can't stop the music is probably in my top, top 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if I was to, if we were to do the full list, it would have fallen into my top 10. And just the, the jokes about Jenner write themselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then you've got, you know, Valerie Perrine, you know, post mistress mocker in this film in a in a PG movie where we see her tits, by the way, yep. Um, as well as uh, everyone's dick, PG movie. Uh, so, um, yeah, just the, the the fact that that in for the year 1980, Hollywood thought that this was a good idea, right? And and I, the other thing that I loved about it is the fact that here we had this woman who was the real life sister of Gypsy Rose Lee playing a stage mom. Mm-hmm. I just, the meta humor right there alone is just great. So, but yeah, can't stop the music's my number five. Okay. That's a good choice. Uh, my number four mm-hmm. is not a movie. Oh, really? <laughs> my number four thing that we have watched is the second thing we watched Kiss in. Ah. Kiki Tuscadero coked out of her mind. <laughs> At least one Sane Brady. And that is the Paul Lind Halloween special. God, yeah. I mean, that was something that just like was, that was, that was, we watched that along with Shockma. And that was just something that was just like, you, I found out you'd never seen it. So I was like, okay, I got to throw this in there for you. That's, that's one of the ones that I don't think any either of us, you know, that's kind of the pull it out of the hat and just watch it once. Mm-hmm. That I just so thoroughly enjoyed. It was so 
earnest in what it was attempting to do. The jokes were Paul Lind is a, we we talked about what a genius he is. Just yeah. insane. The jokes about the uh the vulture, the you know, just the delivery of lines, everything was perfect, everything was spot on. Um the weird uh skits <laughs> were were just bizarre enough. Like it was just for me it is peak variety show. I know that you know, here it is here it here this week or here this month, we're actually gonna watch another one. But this for me is peak variety show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, this is gonna be something I watch every Halloween. Nothing screams Halloween like uh Peaky Tuscadero and Paul Lynn dressed up in rhinestones as a truck driver, uh <laughs> fighting for her affections. Fighting over Tim her affections Conway. with Tim Conway. <laughs> so good. So good. It was it was beautiful. <laughs> All right, what was your number four? My number four is a film that uh, we honestly, I don't think either one of us expected to just just be so over the top fun that it was. Uh, so much so to the point that when Shout Factory released a special limited edition, edition pressing of this on Blu-ray, I instantly snatched it up, and that is Twice Dead. Yes. Um, God, I mean, this film just had me giggling throughout the whole thing because of just how bonkers it was. And it contains one of my most what the fuck over the top kill moments in cinema history with the motorcycle. Uh, so, and on top of that, just the, the plot, I was just like the whole entire time while I'm watching this film unfold, I'm just like sitting there, tilted head, slack jawed. Like, is this, this is the plot? But that's okay. Those, but that's the movie. That's one of those movies where we had no, we didn't know it existed. Yeah, we knew the director because we had just watched Sleepaway Camp. Right? Didn't no, Dragon so, uh, direct that? No, it was uh, Summer Camp Nightmare. Summer Camp Night Nightmare. We knew that we went and looked at the director. And there was this movie called Twice Dead. We read the synopsis and said we're doing it. Yeah, that's it. That's that's all we had to go on going into it. Neither of us had seen it. Neither of us knew it existed. We sat down and watched this thing and we were just like, holy hell, <laughs> this is this is amazing. Yeah. I hear the whole and the whole thing with the with the like the mannequin heads and the props. And it's just like, I, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and and then, you know, the possession happening. There's just so much going the guy on. Was supposed to be the same guy that we couldn't tell was the same guy. Yeah. There's just so much going on in this movie. It was like I it's like so many spaghetti noodles were thrown at the wall that just happened to stick. And he was just like, "Okay, I'm going for it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, My number three is the second quote that I take away from this show. And I'm just proud that I was able to present this film to you. And that is bad Ben. Nice. Because I'm going to go go ahead right now. I'm going to go ahead right now and say Bad Ben was my number three as well. So we tied. Uh-huh, yeah, we lined him up, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love that a movie that I presented got to the number three spot for you. It is. I can't believe there are like 14 of them now. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous how many of these movies there are. <laughs> it's so good. If you haven't seen Bad Ben, they're all available on Amazon. It's one oh, man. It's. It's um, uh, it's the it's the story of Man of La Mancha, 
this 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 director tilting at windmills to get his vision created <laughs> and oh it's so good it's so good it's about a it's about a house flipper who who buys a haunted house in new jersey and has to try to get the demons out it's like you described it when you described it to me you described it as home, if what if uh hgtv made a found footage horror yeah. film yeah, with a, with a ten minute aside of the main character being really angry at the power company. <laughs> Do you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> I, I I think what I loved so much about this movie was him because you know normally when we see movies like this and the house is haunted and everything you know we see the terror we see the fear <laughs> this guy was pissed off and annoyed at the fact there that was he no, was he dealing with a ghost anything. no he was just like get the fuck out of my house you know <laughs> It is literally like if it was one of those you know, uh, love it or flip it shows. But when the crew goes in to, to, to renovate the home, it's haunted by demons. And they're just so annoyed that they're in the way of them doing this home. <laughs> yeah, it was so like good. It's yeah, it, so good. Yeah, it's like some ink. It's like some some guy from YouTube who is secretly filmed because he has anger management issues. They decided to throw into this horror movie scenario and said, okay, let's see how he responds. <laughs> this guy needs to do, he needs to do conventions. I need to look and see if he does like horror hound or something. He, he's got to, because this film, I didn't even realize how much of a cult following the bad Ben franchise has until you brought it up to me. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what the hell is bad Ben? And then I'm looking it up and like, Oh shit, this has a huge cult following. And after watching it, I understand why. I mean, it's hilarious. It's 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 so much fun. I mean, even producer Chris was having a field I was day. Say, with my this. crowning achievement, one of the things I'm most proud of in podcasting, I've been podcasting for 15 years, is that produce. I, I presented a movie to producer Chris that he enjoyed. Yeah, hard to do. <laughs> that is a tough. That is a tough benchmark yes, and yes. he enjoyed it and i was ready for it like when i came into the to part two i was ready to hear about my my uh my my suggestion and i was shocked to find out as soon as we started talking about the the telephone call with uh <laughs> or throwing out the bible that was funny too um yes like, i know I like, you're oh, busy me. do you know what fuck you means <laughs> god damn it you son of a bitch it's so good. It's okay. I'm glad that we are in agreement that Bad Ben deserves to be in the top five of all of the movies that we've watched. <laughs> That's gonna. Um, I, 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 it's gonna be hard to beat Bad Ben just because of. I think that's gonna be a perennial in my top five because of just how unexpectedly fun it was. Yeah, I couldn't believe it the first time I watched it on a whim. I was just looking for stuff to watch on Amazon Prime, and there it was. And I could not believe what I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I was just like, "Do I call somebody and tell them about like, like what am I, what am I doing here? What is this?" <laughs> so I'm glad that you guys got to see it. My uh, number two is Twice Dead. Ah, okay. 
because all of the reasons that you said, plus, um, I'm still not convinced that time has any meaning in that movie. <laughs> I don't know when anything happens, how long it takes to do anything, and also just for the stellar example of parenting that exists in that film. Um, calling his son a pussy for not wanting to shoot the shotgun. <laughs> Driving the hearse and having the uh, coffin fall out of the back. Oh, God. That was great. Yeah. The... Uh, the the guy with the dick tentacle <laughs> that woke up with the dick tentacle that was in the car after they staged the the haunted house thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many great, just insane. The movie is so rapid fire and insane and makes no sense that how can you not love it? Like if you were, a, if you're a fan of camp at all, you have to watch this thing. Yeah. Yeah, so all of those reasons for you as well. So 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 far we've lined up pretty well. Um, outlier being um, being the Paul Lind Halloween special, right? And and mm. can't stop the music. I didn't have that one, but it, but it was good. I I'm glad that you brought that one to me. Of, of our recent films that we've watched, that's among my favorites. All right, so uh, Roy, what was your number two? My number two is a tie. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's a it's a tie. It's gonna. I think you're gonna be shocked when you hear what it's what one of the uh, items of a tie is. This is something that I never thought would happen, but there is something else that I watched that made it go to number one for me. Oh, my tie. You're killing my, me with this. <laughs> my tie stars the same rock band, Kiss. Oh, so you okay? Okay. So, so my choice for number two is a tie between Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park and the Paul Lynn Halloween special. Okay. Uh, right. I mean, we've, we've discussed why with the Paul Lynn Halloween special, because it's just, it was so, it's just the idea of, yeah, um, Mar- <laughs> Margaret Hamilton being the, the housemaid for Paul Lynn taking him away from Hollywood because Donnie Marie Osmond has finally gotten under his skin so much. And she takes him to her country cottage to meet her sister, witchy poo from HR puff and stuff. Yep. And it so, just so happens. Margaret Hamilton is the real life wicked witch. Of the West. Uh-huh. And, and their, and their chamber music is the rock band. Kids. <laughs> and Oh, Tim Conway, Pinky Tuscadero and Florence Henderson make occasional appearances. <laughs> and Betty and Betty White as Glenda, the Good Witch of the North. Well, you know, Disco Florence Henderson. Disco yes. Florence Henderson. And 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 we have Pinky Tuscadero with cocaine teeth in this thing. Oh, just the, uh, chomping, just yes. chomping. When she's performing Disco Lady, I mean, she's just like, yeah, you know, just the 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 cocaine is strong. You know, I think I think this is what inspired the inspired by cocaine trilogy that we did was watching Pinky Duskadero <laughs> just flying high as a kite. Just chewing the air while she was dancing. <laughs> um so and then you know, of course you got, you know, Beth, you know, which which carries over into Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. It's just like whenever <laughs> Whenever Beth starts playing, especially in Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, it's just one of those moments where, like, yeah, it's a pretty song, but this is bringing everything to a screeching halt. Yeah, there's <laughs> no, it is a it is a 
beautiful song. I love it. It might be my favorite Kiss song of all time, but there is never going to be a good place. There, there was only one place. Was it in Role Models that uh, Paul Rudd sang Beth to mm-hmm. uh, his girlfriend? Yeah. I think it was either Role Models or it was the I Love You Man. I can't remember which one, but whichever. That was the only time Beth has been used effectively in a film. It, it can't be used. It, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the Daniel Craig anyway. Here's the weekend, you know. <laughs> yeah, except it's anyway. He's Beth, and then all of a sudden it's you know Beth. I hear you calling, and it's just like it doesn't. It, it just whatever's going on is dead now. Forget yeah, it. And it is in the most awkward point to use it in kiss meets the phantom of the park because here's the height of you know kiss is being blamed for terrorizing six flags magic mountain and (laughs) with demons with demons and you know and this this girl who is like worried about where her missing boyfriend is everything so what did they do they sing beth because why not (laughs) So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking more about Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park in just a moment. So I will save my other thoughts on the film for until I can hear what your choice for number one movie is. Well, it's it's Kiss. Yeah, kind of figured. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> one of not only one of my favorite films we've ever watched on this show, my favorite film, but it's also in probably the top three or four for me and for Lacey. Like, mm. just we were on the edge of our seats. <laughs> the whole time because it just was wild it was it was i love films that encapsulate a time which is i think why i like the paul lind halloween special as much as i do mm-hmm. um and this film just amusement parks in the 70s kiss in the 70s um like like robots animatronics <clears throat> like all of these things line up just to make this perfect photo of the time period. It's like watching the uh, Brady Bunch Kings Island episode. <laughs> you know, it's it's just, it's perfect. And just the line delivery, um, the awkwardness of the whole thing. Like, it is it is great. It is fantastic. It is, thank you. If, if I'm going to thank you for anything on this show, it is for Kiss Phantom of the Park. It's, it's beautiful. I think what I love the most about Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park is it takes 20, I mean, besides the opening credit sequence, which is just like superimposing Kiss on footage of the rides at Magic Mountain at night, uh, we don't see Kiss for a straight 20 minutes. <laughs> we get 20 minutes of nothing but exposition. And, and, I mean, and and set up, and then when it's time for the Kiss concert at Magic Mountain, boy, did Kiss make an entrance. I mean, <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, what is this movie rooted in? <laughs> oh, what like like what is, what is the rule? You know, are Kiss are Kiss like demon space alien magic beings, or are they just dudes that are singing? Like, are we going to blame them for what's happening in the park? Could they possibly like it's just so wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Paul Stanley floating out of outer space, shooting a pathway laser beam out of his eye for him to walk down. 
And then you got Ace just like materializing out of nowhere. <laughs> but my favorite is Gene just like flapping in on his wings and shooting dragon breath out of his mouth. And 100% Bill Bixby, no <laughs> Incredible Hulk special effects and everything. Mm-hmm. So good. And then, of course, for me, the best moment in this film is the battle at the roller coaster. With the, oh, yeah. the white with the white albino ape werewolf robot things, whatever the hell they're supposed to they're be. Climbing all over the roller coaster. Yes, because <laughs> because not only do we get like this all of a sudden like uh Wu Tang clan fight moment out of nowhere. <laughs> with Gene Simmons like doing uh karate kid crane kicks with his arms up in the air so his wings will show off. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. But we got that going on. We've got Paul Stanley giving us Vogue face during <laughs> well, his battle. With all due respect, when <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> but like he was, he was piercing his lips. I was just like, yeah. Oh, they were they were pursed up. He was ready to go. I mean, it, his he was war blue steel to them ape monsters. For yeah, sure. his his war face was blue steel to the tenth power. But I love that all this is going on and just to crank it up to level 11 the song they choose for the fight sequence song is new york groove right (laughs) right it couldn't be detroit rock city or you know any of the any of the bangers i mean this 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 would have been like having a sequence where um they are trying to fight off a zombie horde and the background song is I Was Made for Loving You. <laughs> I'm surprised they weren't like, anyway, here's Beth. <laughs> <laughs> so, my number one choice, I never thought, uh, I, I, never right. thought I never thought I myself personally I'm, would I'm see curious something. I'm because yeah. what dethroned Kiss? The movie for me, the dethroned Kiss, just because of the fact that it was actually made. And what happened in the movie is Rat's Night of Terror. Ah, uh, yeah. See, that didn't. That was number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was probably only because it's been so recent that it was number six. The reason why Rat's Night of Terror moved up to number one for me is I've never seen such blatant disregard for animal life caught on <laughs> cinema. <laughs> Out, out, outside of Cannibal Holocaust. Um, but they also I, had every plant down there. Yeah, <laughs> they have like every plant down here. They have uh, every plant down here. Stop I, fucking in the middle of the common room, guys. <laughs> you see, we got moments like that. We got moments like the the, the the one of them apparently being a botanist. Who knew? Um, yeah, my problem is it just didn't. It was great. But it just didn't eke out like evil speak. You know, it could have gone either way. It could have been a tie, to be honest. Yeah, the the, the elements for me that brought it up to number one were moments like that. Uh, the fact that we had not only just tossing and dumping rats on people in the movie, but Fuck you could it. tell, you could clearly tell that they were grabbing the rats and just curveballing <laughs> them at the people. There just were the multiple feet flying. <laughs> Somebody was just chucking rats. Yes. And then letting 
setting them on fire on purpose. We're see- we literally saw a rat get set on fire. No, in oh, God, movie. I completely. You know what? It is number five. I'm sorry, Evil Speak, but the scene with the guy on fire with the rat on his head makes it number five. I've just I just remembered that. And it now is elevated <laughs> to my top five because <laughs> you've got that. You got the scene where, you know, it, it literally looks like they set the stuntman on fire. And this is And then the director's like, put a rat on his head. And so they're like. <laughs> Okay, and they put a rat on his head. Sit on somebody's head while they spin around. Will it do it while he's on fire? I don't know. Let's find out. So here's this guy where it's so it's so obviously a flame suit that he's wearing. They don't even do anything to hide it. They don't try. And so here he is running around, you know, like the guy in Evil Speak, like "Ah, ah," while he's on fire, and this rat's on top of his head, like, how the fuck do I get off of this guy? It's like they saw Evil Speak and went, we can do better than that. (laughs) So you've got that, and then you've got the scene where, you know, the the conveyor belt of chocolate treat-looking rats, you know, the gummy rats that are coming at them, which... Out of all the bad effects in that movie, that was the one that made me really go, really? You ran out of the budget for that? And, and they didn't even look like rats. They looked like 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 um, the mice in that old video game Mappy is what they looked like coming at him. And so then they got the torches and they're like trying to scare the rats off. And you see one of the guys literally touch one of the rats with the torch and the rat runs away on fire. Right. I'm just like, that happened. But if that well, was also not a... the shaking conveyor belt that they used to sort candy that they put all the rats on so they would yes. move all across the street at the same time. Yes. And then if that was not enough, the ending, the 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 ending where where the girl, the black girl named Chocolate and the geek named What was he? What was it? I can't remember his name. I think it's Gamer or something. I'm not too sure. But we all of a sudden get them as the only two survivors. And they're greeted by half man, half eight, uh, half rat, no mouthed beings <laughs> that they thought were their saviors. Yes. Uh, I'm like, it's like, it's, 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 it's very like, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes type of ending where you're just like, well, what? You know, how'd this happen? And it happens. So for all of those reasons, that's why for me, Rats Night of Terror is now my number one choice. Sorry, Kiss. I love you, but Rats Night of Terror is definitely my choice. All right. I, I can I can see it. You loved that movie. Yeah. You loved that movie. I loved it just it didn't have it just didn't have the things like a lot of my so a lot of my choices interestingly enough i'm not i wish i could take them purely on the content of the film but a lot of them also i i have to also consider in in reference to this show Mm -hmm. so like i think twice dead got there for me because it took both of us so by surprise oh yeah definitely Kiss is just something that we reviewed and had so much fun with it. And that's always going to live in me when I watch it, you know, Um, but, but rats was insane. I I have a thread that I would love to isolate from our, uh, from our group thread about me watching rats. That is out of control. It is out of control. So yeah, I'm going to make that either a tie or my number five. 
Um, all right, you ready to move into your worst? Yes, let's get into okay, I um, hear our worst fifth here. Worst first, because mine, it hurts my heart to say these words. So I want to hear what yours is first. Okay. Um, God, I just actually looked down on my phone. I can't believe this. Um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, that new deal that they signed with HB with uh, Paramount Plus and and Viacom. Yeah. Nine hundred million dollars. Holy shit. I think they can afford to buy Casa bon- uh, Casa. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Casa Bonita. Now I think they can afford it. Jesus yeah. Christ. Good Lord. That's ILM money. Yeah. That's so, a yeah, lot of money. Nine hundred million dollars to produce all the way up to season 30. And 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 I think it said 15 straight to Paramount Plus movies with two of them debuting this year. Holy shit. That is. Yeah, insane. that's insane. Congratulations, guys. Not bad for two Colorado people who had uh, this stupid uh, little animated cartoon they were passing around Hollywood and now look at them. <laughs> all right. So let's do this. What's okay. your number five? My number of all of the what 40 movies we've watched now, roughly 40 plus. Yeah. All right. My choice for number five is is a film that I brought to the table excited about because of what it was. (laughs) And and boy, oh boy, did I regret bringing this one to the table. Okay. Premutos from Germany. Oh, yeah, baby. Premutos. Um. I was excited about this one because it was a shot on VHS movie from Germany. Uh, from like the, excited, from, from, and I hate you for it. Yeah, and it was like from the mid '90s, and it was just it was touted as being German Germany's The Evil Dead, and what's a code head sword in it though? <laughs> <laughs> and. In, 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 and I, I was like looking at little clips here and there, and I saw like the seduction scene. And I saw a couple of gore shots. I saw the Sherman tank coming through the wall. And I'm like, oh God, we have to see this movie. We got to, we got to watch this movie. And it was so pornographic in its over the top gore <laughs> that it was funny. It, it wasn't. It, it got to the point where it was humorous to watch the gore. And not even in a fun, humorous way for me. I right. was just like, I was like, like, just sitting there the whole time going, okay, get on with it. Come on. All right. We get it. Doing? We get it. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. So, yeah. Premutus, I, I was let down with. As a matter of fact, there are two movies that are on this list. This is one of them uh, that I was excited about bringing to the table. And boy, oh boy. Okay. So, uh, so yours are. Yours are a little bit different. Mine are pretty. I think mine are pretty obvious. Okay. Uh, except for this one. Okay. What's your number five? And it, this, you have no idea how bad it hurts my heart to say the words I'm about to say. Oh and no. That's truth. That's truth. It, I dwelled on this. The first four, my top four, were easy. Like these are movies that I will never watch again. <clears throat> period. For various reasons. Um, but number five was very difficult and, um, it is, uh, the star Wars holiday special. (laughs) (laughs) The star Wars holiday special would be in my top 10, but the only way I would ever watch the star Wars holiday special again, is of watching it with the riff tracks because they just rip it to living shreds. 
but it is i we watched it again i have seen it probably 15 times and i don't know what it is about it now but it is nigh unwatchable yeah it is like it is it is hard it has sentimental value but it is in 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 sentimental value in terms of the fact that it's like a home movie now (laughs) it's not good I don't know that it has that many redeeming. It has insane qualities, but I don't know that it has that many redeeming qualities. So it got it got number five for me, man. That's a, mm. it, that is a hard thing to say out loud on a podcast <laughs> compared to a lot of the shit that we've watched. You know that made it into the middling distance. Um, you know, uh, it was it it fell under things like. Um, uh, Meyer Breckenridge it <laughs> felt under things like jujitsu. <laughs> I, well, I, I got tickled. I got tickled by jujitsu though. Oh, That's the good. thing. So fun. yeah. But I would rather watch the director's cut of The Name of the King again. Oh God. Than watch the Star Wars Holiday Special again. And I know I'm going to watch it again. I know because you have to, right? Like it's a, it's something that uh, once every three or four years you end up watching whether you like it or not. But it is it it is my fifth it is my fifth worst thing that we've ever watched. Period. I would say I I would say the next time you watch it, if you have not uh, downloaded a or purchased a copy of the Rift Tracks edition of the Star Wars Holiday Special, do it before Disney takes it down, and uh, it's worth owning because they riff the version with the commercials, and so yeah, they're not. Thinking. But again, that's sort of my point. Is like. It's nostalgia at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what should have made my top and didn't? It wouldn't have made my top. The um, the Halloween thing that was on Shutter. What was the, it? It was uh the one that was like a t like like a news thing about. Oh the- yes 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 I remember that. That yes. was fun as hell. Yeah, that that I had a blast with. Yeah, but yes, the 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 Star Wars Holiday Special is is my number five. So go on to your number four, so I don't have to think about the fact that I said that anymore. <laughs> um, my number four choice is a, another film that I brought to the table that I was highly excited about. Okay. Because of the cast that was involved and the fact that this thing existed. And it was one of the most wretched, (laughs) hard-to-watch things that we've watched on this show. And that is Mother Goose Rock and (laughs) Rhyme. I didn't like the Star Wars Holiday Special. I liked that less than I liked Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. (laughs) That should tell you something. (laughs) But but make no mistake, Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme is a piece of shit. It It is. a piece of shit. It is an absolute piece of shit. Clever idea. I mean, it, it came from Shelley Duvall. Very clever idea. G- just getting this in gigantic all-star cast um, that uh, honestly kind of came off now that I think about it as like an episode of The Love Boat, but not <laughs> as clever. Um, about Mother Goose suddenly disappearing from Rhineland and her anal retentive, you know, snobbish son has to team up with uh, with Little Bo Peep and basically go around and visit all of the different 
citizens of Rhymeland to try to find out where she's disappeared to. And we have some inspired casting going on. Like we have uh, Debbie Harry as the little old woman who lived in the shoe. Yeah. Uh, Cindy Lauper as Mary and Woody Harrelson as the, as the lamb. Gary um, Shandling, right? Gary, is that who it was? <laughs> Gary Shandling and Terry Garr as codependent Jack and Jill's. Um, and then, of course, you know, Little Richard as, as old King Cole. You know, we have some inspired casting going on. Then you have Pia Zadora as Little Miss Muffet, who is being um, all sexy time dancing with Ben Vereen as the Itsy Bitsy Spider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I think the most disappointing part about the about this film is that you're absolutely right. Conceptually, it is brilliant, and they just couldn't pull it off. And that's the most disappointing thing. Yeah. Because this should have worked. It was, yes. and, I, and, and like I mentioned at the time that we um, were doing the episode, they, when this was making its debut on the Disney Channel, they advertised the fuck out of this thing as being a major television event. And... I guess I liked it when I was younger. I don't know. Uh, it has not aged well. <laughs> it has not aged well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. What's your number four? So the rest of my movies, I really quantified them by like how bad I wanted to throw up when I thought about watching them again. Oh God. So that's the next four films and the, and the, and the film, that made me want to throw up the least was Kurt Cameron saves Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I will never watch that again in my entire life. Well, I will go, I will go on record right now and say that that's my number three. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. It is. Not only is it horrific, poorly acted. Um, and, um, insulting but it is also highly misinformative oh yeah definitely i mean the film is this propaganda it is it is 100 propaganda and then there's this this takes propaganda to the next level i mean the way that he was trying to explain everything that exists in the world of christmas i'm like really the whole entire time <laughs> <laughs> the manger dude it's like every college conversation i had high as balls <laughs> but you know what a manger even is man it's like a rock it's just a rock man <laughs> like where do you think we got the hay from dude come on man come on christmas trees you know what that is right like it's just like shut up man god yeah. i said that we both sat through that and we thought here's the thing is that we thought that there could be some sort of comedy gold that we could get from this. No, nothing. There's absolutely nothing we could have gotten from them. Not even from the rando hip hop white people dance number I mean, at the no, end. That was funny as hell. Like if there was anything in there that was um, that was worth watching it for, it was that. For sure. 
But the whole entire mood of the movie is set in the first 10 minutes when we have Kirk Cameron wearing his Mr. Rogers sweater and a cup of cocoa sitting in the chair by the fire telling us how there are people like us, like you and I, out there right now that are, not, are making it illegal for people to celebrate Christmas. And I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Where the <laughs> fuck do you get this idea? I, I will admit, it's after that first 10 crazy. minutes, the, after the first 10 minutes, I was like, do I really want to finish watching this movie? And I really had to power through it. But believe it or not, it's not my number one choice, even though well, that's I the thought thing. about These- it. The last four, especially, and, and, and Star Wars included, were movies that I had to power through. Mm-hmm. Like, you would you would pause it and just take a deep breath and rub your eyes, and then be like, I gotta get through it, and then you would just start it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, that, well, it's my number three choice, so what's your number three choice? My number three choice is um, Terror of Tiny Town. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a movie that we probably should have put should have put into the same category with um, with uh, Dot and the Kangaroo because it is it is bad it is very very bad mm-hmm. the 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 fact that none of the, the the exploitation involved the fact that none of the sets were remade for people of a smaller stature it was all mm. the same sets. The weird Shirley Temple-esque sexualizing of everything, like, it was uncomfortable. Flat mm-hmm. out. Uncomfortable. I felt dirty watching it. Mm-hmm. Yes, Terror of Tiny Town is my, the all little people western that you forced me to watch is number three for me. It's my number two. Okay. Um, yeah, Terror of Tiny Town God, yeah. I mean, I really felt like I needed a Silkwood shower after watching that movie because it it could have been clever. I was like, okay, let's let's take the same group of little people that were in, you know, The Wizard of Oz and other type of these films, and their whole idea was to make this entire franchise around them. And so they said, okay, let's go ahead and make fun of the Gene Autry singing cowboy movies with with this and yeah it just came off so wrong from from everything not being the correct size to but yet they rode shetland ponies uh to the 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 extreme exploitationness of the film but the benchmark of the ew feeling is the jean benet ramsey-esque miss kitty uh-huh. Singing the sexualized songs in the uh in the saloon. I yeah, I needed to scrub the first seven layers of skin off of my off of my body after watching that because it just it literally did sing look like a little kid singing WAP to me. Mm-hmm. It really did. It was gross, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And so that was your number two. That was my number two. What is your number two? <sighs> my number two. A movie I will never watch again. The only movie on the list I found more offensive than Terror of Tiny Town. Mm-hmm. And that is Riding the Bus with My Sister. <sighs> oh, okay. That's that's my number one. I'm scared okay. to know what your number one is then. I what's your, know what it what, is. <laughs> what's your reason for Riding the Bus with My Sister? It's insanely offensive. 
Like we are the the movie. So first of all, we we've talked ad nauseum about Rosie O'Donnell's portrayal of somebody, uh, you know, differently abled mentally, mm-hmm. um, and what was quote unquote acceptable when that movie came out, and and the way that she went for it, um, and the way that the director directed it, right? Like, like she was, went full out radio with it, is what she did. Yeah, yeah, she did. You never go full radio. That's offensive. She did, and I'm guessing it was by direction of the director that she did. Um, but moreover is the fact that we're supposed to believe that somebody that isn't Andy McDowell is the villain of this film. And she was yeah. 100% the villain of this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it was, it is a horrible movie. It is an awful thing to watch. And, um, I have no interest in its existence. Um, and, and I'm I'm done with it. That's that's where I stand. So before I go into why um, I chose this as my number one, I want to let you know that there were two movies that almost made this list that I was deciding between back and forth whether to put them on there. But then I decided, nah, uh, okay. the two films were um, uh, God, now I'm forgetting. Oh, The Gay Deceivers. OK, yeah. The Gay Deceivers almost went on the top on my top five list just because of just uh, even for the 1960s. I'm like, God, how did this movie even get made? Um, right. And this film that's touted as being a comedy, there's only one funny scene in there. And that's the scene with the, the marigolds. And, you know, that scene is all over the Internet. It's 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 a meme. So, um that was one of them. And then the other one that almost made my list was another one that I was excited about bringing to the the party, but has aged so poorly that I didn't find the enjoyment in this movie anymore like I did when I was a child. And that was Popeye. Oh, yeah. See, that sits kind of firmly in the center for me. It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not by far not the worst thing that we've watched. But it's also just it doesn't hold up mm-hmm. like yeah. at all. Um, I got it. I think I got a funny feeling what your number one is. Um, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll make a prediction in just a moment. <laughs> in just a moment. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Well, my thoughts on riding with the bus with my sister is, yeah, the uh, the Annie McDowell character was a total bitch. Uh, nothing sympathetic about her character whatsoever and the whole entire thing was it was coming off as like i'm doing this because me me you know fuck my sister's welfare me and you have that going on counterbalanced with rosie o'donnell going i never got the tire thing you know and it's just it's tough it is it is very hard it is a very hard movie to watch and like you said when we recorded the thing it was touted as this groundbreaking um film yeah and this is this is the role that's going to change rosie o'donnell's career for the rest of her life and uh the only thing it did was become um extreme uh fodder for uh uh, for soup on e entertainment <laughs> when it right. came out 
Um, I, I think it was I think it was John Henson at the time that was hosting it that had a field day with it. Uh, but um, yeah, bad one. So I'm going to guess that your choice for number one is Dr. Caligari. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's like an, that's top ten. That's top ten stuff. Are you? You're, no, my my number one is Permutos. Ah, okay. Because I that can find sense. literally nothing redeeming in that film besides that Conan sword. That is it. That makes sense. That that makes sense. By yeah, the way, uh, to our redemption. listeners, real quick, Dr. Caligari's coming out on a 4K restoration on Blu-ray oh, yeah. this year. I'll buy it. <laughs> so. <laughs> it was it was wild. See, that's the thing is like that movie was wild. It was culty, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was weird. It was pseudo cerebral and and Warholian and its in its art choices. And um, I'm into that. Like that movie is in my it is in the at least the top half of the films that we watched. It was a hard watch. Don't get me wrong, but we watched a lot of movies that were hard watches that I've enjoyed. Permutos, <laughs> I found no redeeming qualities. About oh, I remember it. you being pissed about that film. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, there's just nothing. There's nothing here. There's nothing. You're making me watch this. <laughs> that, that is by far the movie that I, I would, I would, like, if somebody was like, I'll give you a thousand dollars to watch Permutos, I might, I would have to think long and hard about it. <laughs> It'd be it'd be like uh, either saving uh, Lacey or giving up your Wonka bars, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that. That is that that is a that is a hard watch. Of all of the hard watches we've had, that is a hard watch. That is, mm-hmm. you know, at least the movies above that, I could hate watch them. You know, I could hate watch Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas and be mad about watching it, and disagree with it. Uh, Terror of Tiny Town, I could hate watch it. You know, throw popcorn at the screen. This one, I didn't even want to do that. I was just like, this sucks. This just sucks. And I know you felt bad about it after we watched it. You were just like, oh, all right. Well, I did this thing. Oh, yeah. It was totally my fault that I brought this to the table. I mean, and yeah, I I totally regretted doing so. Well, don't regret it. I mean, that's <laughs> the point of the show. But it was this one was definitely my my it goes to if Dot and the Kangaroo is not available, this one is. And that's (laughs) this is on the same level as Dot and the Kangaroo for me. So what was your number one, Roy? My number one was riding the bus with my sister. Okay. Yeah, it it was riding the bus with my sister because of, yeah, just I mean, Kirk Cameron offended the the fuck out of me and terror the tiny town just disgusted me riding the bus with my sister did both and it, you know, it offended me and disgusted me at the same time and um it's a film that i absolutely want nothing to ever do with ever ever again uh in fact i i feel that way for all five of these films <laughs> on this list i want nothing to do with them ever again i think that's where i came with with my with my worst five where these were five films that i absolutely yeah. want nothing to do with ever again yeah and i that's with the exception of star wars holiday special knowing that it's just such a part of the zeitgeist um i don't i really don't want anything to do with these four these five films Mm-hmm. I'm really kind of done with them. Like, yeah. okay, I've done my I've done my time and I'm out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> whereas whereas the top five, I'll probably watch them at least twice a year across the board. 
Well, we've turned you know, the Halloween, the Halloween Halloween special now into a perennial. So yeah. for us, so it's yeah, be. it's got to be. It's, uh, it has to be. Yes. <laughs> like like all of all of my top five will be uh will be Halloween things that I watch every year now. You can guarantee, <laughs> guarantee at some point I will watch uh, Evil Speak and Twice Dead probably back to back. They're good. They're 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 a good double feature. The Paul Lynn Halloween special will probably be like an actual Halloween, like on Halloween thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiss oh, the Phantom of the Circus. It, it's good anytime. Yeah, it's good any season. You can the watch Paul, the, the Paul Lynn Halloween special is one that I think I would love for those because I think it's still on Amazon Prime, and if it is, that would be one I would love for us to do like an Amazon Prime watching party with mm-hmm. for those who have oh, Amazon sure. Prime. Because it's such, it's it is one of those things that you want to gather around with a group and watch with at Halloween because it's just so ridiculous fun. It is. It is so good. But you know, all in all, from everything that we've been through and everything that we've watched, I think we've had a lot more hits than misses. Yes. You know, it was a lot. It was a lot harder to pick the top than it was the bottom for me. And that, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a testament to the fact that there are a lot of uncovered gems out there that you can still get your hands on that aren't overplayed or overwatched. That are that can be a little piece of a little secret piece of cult joy for you. So keep it up, keep looking, keep getting out there. Mm. Well, like I mean, for example, I mean one that didn't make my list but definitely would have been in the top five is because the film. It's not a good film, and it was a horrible film when it was released in theaters, but now looking at it, it's just so horribly over-the-top bad that it gives me the giggle fits, is Jaws 3D. Yeah. I, I To me, that's a cult film waiting to happen, because I it's just so poorly executed, but so laughable at the same time, especially Louis Gossett Jr.'s character in the film. And just that final 20 minutes of Mama Shark going ballistic on SeaWorld. It's such great great (laughs) over-the-topness. No, it is. It is absolutely that. There there are a lot of – for my money, there were a lot of films like that that just brought me a lot of joy like to watch them. And and Jaws was definitely one of those movies. I'll tell you another one that – I'm surprised I the just that would probably if it weren't for the fact that we found twice dead out of out of nowhere right mm. that would probably be in there is the apple yeah like it's still <laughs> like like it's a, how old is that movie 35 40 years almost uh it is 41 years old this year okay so 41 year old movie that as of last year or year before last, I can't, I think it was the two, like it, it is lines from that film have become household catchphrases in this house. Ben like Mark. that's, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's how weirdly powerful that film is. <laughs> um, you know, movies like rock and roll, which definitely are a nostalgia portal, you know, um, like there, you have you have uncovered some real gems to watch that I don't think a lot of people watch a lot of. Yeah. So like you know there are a ton of stuff, especially now with all the streaming services, you can dig deep 
find some stuff, man. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff. I mean, we that's how we've discovered some of our stuff too. I mean, and so I'm looking forward to seeing what else we can discover coming up on uh, this show. I mean, this month we're doing television instead mm-hmm. of instead of movies. We're doing uh, cop rock thanks to the power of Jamie Oliver and nope. uh, <laughs> John and Oliver or John Oliver. Yeah, Jamie Oliver's cooking is responsible for cop rock. Being <laughs> I, you, a, you said that before, and I was like, did Jamie Oliver do something? <laughs> <laughs> is Jamie Oliver such a fan of cop rock that he like? Paid for the 4K restoration of Cop Rock <laughs> and distribution. Yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna I'm have. I'm done one... giving lunches to children. <laughs> Healthy lunches are for the for for the for dumbasses. I'm I'm throwing all my money into Cop Rock from now on. Yeah, he he came up with a special recipe for a Niswa salad to eat while watching Cop while Rock. Watching yeah. Cop Rock. Here's a. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Here's a tomato and mozzarella salad. <laughs> Eat it while they watch the child trafficking episode of Cop Rock. <laughs> Here, I made an egg dish called Babies Are Us after the child trafficking episode of Cop Rock. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, John Oliver. Th- thanks to John Oliver suddenly bringing it back into the Z-Geist. Um, we're doing Cop Rock, and we are also doing Pink Lady and Jeff, which is one of the last uh true uh variety shows that existed i think this was if i remember right reading this is the variety show that that literally killed the genre i am Um, horrified (laughs) to watch this thing (laughs) (laughs) so so that's what we're doing this month september i've got something huge planned for september and then I, I can't wait to hear you squeal with glee when I tell you what October's movie is. All right. And then uh, you're deciding November's movie. I got a couple. I got a couple choices. And I'm going to let you know right now that uh, for the month of September and for the month of October, you get to choose the alternate movie. So for September and October. For September, and so that means you get the alternate movie for September, you get the alternate movie for October, and you're totally in charge of November. Holy shit! All right. Feel the power. I I don't know what I'm gonna do with that information yet, but uh, I'll find something. Don't worry. <laughs> and I'm not gonna reveal what movies we're gonna watch in this yet, but we we mentioned Clint Howard in this list. Uh, we decided that we're going to start 2022 off by doing a tribute to Clint Howard and have a mini Clinton Howard marathon. So the first four movies will be of Clint Howard. Um, I'm choosing three. You're choosing one. Okay. I will let you know right now, though, the movie that is going to be off the table because it's already been picked for the January one is The Wraith. Thank you, sir. So I, Ooh, I, I it's a so magic I, dodge. <laughs> so I, it's a I, magic I, dodge. It's Charlie Sheen. It's Clint Howard. It's uh oh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? God damn it! Help oh, me. From, oh, from uh, Twin Peaks. Um, no, no, she's from no. That movie has the 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 girl from Legend. Oh God, what is it? Uh, I can't remember her name now. But Hold on. Got, her boobies are out. Her boobies are out when they're uh, when they're uh, when they're on the cliff in the in the in the swimming scene. Just letting you know in advance, <laughs> Roy. Uh, <laughs> the Wraith. It's uh, okay. The cast is uh, Sarah, Charlie Sheen, 
Sherilyn Fenn is is in the movie. Clint Howard, yeah. Nick Cassavetes, yes. yeah, baby. Griffin oh. O'Neill and Randy Quaid. Oh God. Oh, so am uh, I thinking of a different movie? I might be thinking of a different movie because I thought it had uh, what's her face? Oh, what's her name? Um, the 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 movie. Yeah, God damn it! God damn it! Uh, <laughs> I'm looking. Hold on. So yeah, we I can get I can already confirm what January 2022 movies is it, it, movie is. Mia Sarah. I thought Mia it had Sarah. Mia Sarah in it. So but what yeah, am I thinking of then? I have Damn who it. knows. But yeah, we're doing the raid, so be happy. I am very happy. I am very very happy. I love the raid. <laughs> All righty. Well, we are done with this list. Who knows when we'll do another one like this here? We try to um, do one every year. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Because think, think. I mean, things keep getting added, but then they're just scenes, scenes that it seems like it's just, you know, staying perennials with us. As you can see with these lists, I mean, there's a couple of new things that have been added here and there, but um, I, I think there's going to be a couple of these films are going to be with us for all along your mission in the next year is to find something for me that's going to dethrone kiss (laughs) it happened for me with rats now i gotta find something for me that dethrones rats but (laughs) (laughs) all right let's let's let these people get out of here we've got like six hours worth of tv to watch for the next uh, for the next show, so we should let these people go so we can watch <laughs> four hours of cop rock like psychopaths. I have a funny feeling though we're going to get through four hours of cop rock better than two hours of Pink Lady and Jeff. So <laughs> probably true, probably true. All righty, gang. Thank you so much uh, for uh, and for allowing us to uh, basically enter your lives with our tomfoolery for the past three years. <laughs> And uh, we look forward to the next year and to the batch of films, especially with uh, with uh, some of them that I've already listed here. I can't wait to see what you pick for your choice of uh, Clint Howard movie next year. And uh, it can't be the race, which which cuts down greatly on my love, my (laughs) my my favorite Clint Howard movie. But we're watching it. That's what's important. Yeah. Oh, you can't do Clint Howard without the race. So, yeah. All right, gang. Talk to you later. And we'll be back this month with Cop Rock. Cap Rock. <laughs> Cop Rock. Cop Rock. Part singing. Part. This is literally the tagline on the back of the DVD. Part singing, part dancing, all cop. <laughs> Can't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that. <laughs> Talk to you later, everyone.